Welcome to Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series on the hospitality tabletop industry. Now, here's your host, Dave Turner. Hi, everyone. I'm Dave Turner, and I'm your host here at Seat Yourself, and I want to welcome you all to our weekly podcast. For you first-time listeners, as I just said, we Seat Yourself is our weekly podcast for the hospitality and food service industry. In today's episode, it's episode number 98 of our nearly two-year-old podcast, and it's published the week of November 9th, 2020. We're back in Studio B again this week of the Tabletop Journal Studios, and this week's episode, it will run approximately 50 minutes or so. As this week, we'll be interviewing top tabletop expert Simon Whitney from just outside of Stoke-on-Trent in the UK. Now, after a very successful and lengthy career as the UK hospitality sales manager for the well-known Villaroy and Bach brand, Simon Whitney has just started his own sales agency representing V&B and others. All this coming after he was made redundant. And that means his position was eliminated all due to no fault of his own during the COVID-19 pandemic. So we've been looking forward to catching up with Simon to talk about what life is like after redundancy, and to learn more about his thoughts as he made his decision to start his agency. And even most importantly, we want to learn about his plans for the future for his agency and the brands he represents. So with all of that, let's bring him on. Everyone, please help me welcome Simon Whitney to Seat Yourself. Welcome, everybody, and I want to give a big Seat Yourself welcome to Simon Whitney. Simon, it's great having you join us today on Seat Yourself. It's great to be here. Yep. Now, before we get started with this, I have to give full disclosure here. Back in the day, Simon and I were kind of connected together. Not really connected. That's not right. But we worked together at V&B, and somehow through the course of time and the years, Simon, you managed to be far more successful and stick around that VMB quite a bit longer than I did. But can you take our listeners, Simon, through uh, some of not only your VMB career, but some of the other things that are in your background that make you the tabletop expert in the UK that you are today? Well, before I started at VMB, I worked in hotels and restaurants for several years. So that was the relevant experience uh, leading to my job at VMB. So I worked in food and beverage from the house. And there was a hotel I used to work at uh, near Stoke-on-Trent that was used uh, very regularly by the directors of Dudson's. You will, a lot of the listeners will know Dudson, Dudson's um, tableware, very, very good tableware specialist in, in the hospitality industry. Yeah, we've talked about Dudson a lot on here. It's, it, it's a great, it was a great company and great people and a great family. Absolutely. And, you know, family run for 200 years and some marvellous people working there, including the Dudsons themselves, and um, very much epitomised a, a well-run family company. And I knew one of, the, one of their directors, Bob Furnival, their export sales director, quite well. And I asked him just for a kind of a character reference because I was looking to move. And he came straight back and offered me a job with Dudsons. Oh, wow selling down in, in the West End of London. So I joined Dudson's and worked for them for about five years. Wow, I didn't know you were with Dudson for five years. Five yeah. years, wow. Yeah, I was in short trousers when I joined them, Dave, you know. 
Oh, wow. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> cool. Again, after about five years, I got itchy feet. And um, I was at a trade show in, in the Channel Islands in St. Helier in Jersey. And one of the other guys at the trade show was a chap called Peter Lewis, who you will know uh, very well. Peter Lewis, a legend in his own mind. <laughs> yeah. Or a legend in his own lunchtime, because he did enjoy it. In his own lunch. Yes. It's, a, it's amazing how you can drink your lunch that fast. <laughs> yeah, Peter was a great guy. And for those who don't know Peter Lewis, Peter Lewis was the managing director of the hotel and restaurant business in the UK for a number of years and really p- kind of put V&B uh, on the map. And there uh, he was one of, uh, he had a great, he built a great team of which Simon was one of the prominent members of. Yeah, and we just we just clicked at this uh, at this exhibition, which wasn't very well attended. So um, that's by the by. But Peter said, "Do you mind if I keep in touch?" I said, "Yeah, by all means, it'd be great." And the next thing I know, I get a phone call from him. Would you be interested in joining V and B in the UK? So I said, "Well, let's let's have a chat." And so we had a chat, and the next thing I was offered a position in the north of the UK. There were two of us, one one in the north, one in the south. And this was in May 1987, so going back a good good while. And we were just starting out. V&B in the UK, as far as hospitality was concerned, was not particularly well known. So it was a big adventure. But, my God, it was, it was great fun. We, you know, we really did have great fun. And we were very successful while we were doing it, which is, which is always, to my mind, the best combination. Well, you had a great team there, and Peter was the. Uh, when I think back of all the quintessential sales managers or salespeople that I've known in this business over the years, Peter Lewis ranks right in that top bracket. And it's not a, not, not surprising for me to hear you say about, I mentioned the fun that you had with him because Peter was all about having fun, working hard, playing hard. Um, and he had an affinity for customers that uh, is rarely seen, uh, particularly today, because it's a bit, very different business today. And we, we'll, we'll get into more of that later. But but that's great that you came on board and you helped. You to actually survive Peter Lewis, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one way of describing it. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. Peter was he was a bon viveur in the best sense of the word. And oh yeah. Just, just to give you a little bit of a an insight into how much of a bon viveur he was, we had, we used to do a, a, a trade show called the Restaurant Show, which was in London every every year, and it was it was a, a full on week because we'd be entertaining clients. And, and, you know, be on your feet all day. Trade shows are hard work, as we know, but they were fun. And the last night of the trade show, we were sat uh, having dinner, and uh, Peter's got his glasses on the end of his nose, and he's looking at the menu. And he said, guys, he said, we've had such a tough week. We've eaten well, and we've drunk really well. He says, I'm just going to have something light tonight. And we nodded in absolute agreement, you know, very, very sensible. So the waiter comes to take the order, and Peter promptly orders a parvé of foie gras to start off with. <laughs> we- there you go. <laughs> something light, not probably. Yeah, something light, yeah. That was Peter. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, God rest him and uh, rest his soul. And uh, you're a good man and, and a lot of fun to be around. But, Simon, you were with VMB for how long now? Uh, 33 years. Amazing. Yeah. Congratulations. That's a long, nice long run right there. That's a long run. Yeah. But now you're doing something different. You've got a company called the SMW Agencies, right? 
SNW agencies, which are my initials, yes. So, yep. Tell us a little bit about that, if you can. Well, this all came about after the after the first lockdown. We were, we were all on furlough in the UK. Anyway, what, what happened was that my position was identified as, as the, to be made redundant. This happened, by the way, in Germany rather than in the UK. So um, it's just one of those things. Certain decisions were made at head office that are generally downsizing, particularly the hospitality side of the business because it was disproportionately affected by uh, by the lockdown uh, and, and the, the trading conditions. The retail side of tableware was 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 and still is performing very well. Yeah, that that redundancy or being uh, laid off or let go in the hospitality sector, and, and really through no fault of a- anybody because of COVID, that's happening everywhere. And I want to get into more of that in a couple of minutes. But with your new company, are there specific segments you're going to be targeting or customers of a certain region or area of the UK? Yes. I've got three companies I work with now as, as, as part of this. One is, is still Villaroy and Bock. They wanted me to continue with them as a sales agent. So they're not completely stupid. <laughs> That's great. I must have been doing something. That's a great say, by, by the way, and, and I have a great affection. There's a big place in my heart still for V&B. Yeah. And uh, it's a great company making phenomenal products. And it really, it's a world leader. We just did a story on them uh, last week on Tabletop Journal talking about their good performance. And basically, just what you just said, they have the retail business that surprisingly performed very, very well for them, better than they expected yeah, in the, in the latest so. quarter. And um, they also, as well, have the bathroom and wellness uh, side of the business as yep, well. Yep, they do. Those has virtually carried on uninterrupted the construction side of the business. Yep. So, what are the other two companies that you have? So uh, that's that's V and B, and for them, I'm I'm looking after the Midlands and Northwoods, right to the tip of Scotland. But then I've got two other agencies. One is a company called Eco Focus Group, uh, and you can see them on EcoFocusGroup.com. Uh, what this company does is it specializes in energy, water, and waste saving solutions. We've got various technologies. We liaise with some very, very clever manufacturers and act as a bridge between the manufacturer and the end user. And it's, it's all B2B. But the range of products really ranges from a very clever chemical you could add into your central heating system which increases the efficiency of the water, it breaks down surface tension of the water in the system so that it, it acts more efficiently. You get a typically 15% saving just by adding wow. this chemical. Okay. And then it goes all the way through up to and including PV panels, battery storage systems, intelligent building control systems and motors, clever stuff with, with water and, and waste, so water-saving solutions, intelligent washroom taps. We also work with Mako, which you'll know from Germany. Uh, they do a fantastic food waste treatment system. And we're also working uh, alongside that with bioenergy. So there's a huge amount of potential and breadth to the business. But essentially, you know, we're reducing heating, refrigeration, and water costs. And in many cases, then return on investment is within 12 months. Wow. Uh, leasing deals can be done. And there's a lot of grants available as well because there are a lot of carbon reduction targets, as you will know. Everybody is talking about sustainability, 
eco-friendly things, uh, whether it be disposable wares, whether it be back-of-the-house systems, like you, you're talking about yeah. more, more hidden systems and water water savings and that kind of thing, waste control. Those are really, really sort of not in the middle of the radar screen, but really critical to people, both from a philosophical standpoint, because everybody wants to be more sustainable in a certain way. I think we all want to save the world and save yeah. the earth, but also in a very practical way. So not only do you have a great message to tell your guests coming in that we're, we're more eco-friendly and so on, boy, your accountants love, must love your products too, the accountants and the controllers of these, uh, these uh, properties. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's very solid business reasons for, for introducing these technologies. The ongoing savings are, are, are all there. Um, you don't have to be finding loads of cash up front to be doing this. And the, and the savings are, are, are ongoing all the time. So your so your message really is save your money over here and spend it on the VMB tableware and have a great tabletop. It gives you far more to spend on a really fantastic looking tabletop presentation. I love that. I love that message. I love that message. Simon, I've got another question for you though. And it's a little bit trickier, probably, and uh, but I, but I've got to ask it anyway. Mm -hmm. You've been incredibly successful in the food service and catering business, and you said for Dudson for five years and VMB for 30, 30 plus years, thirty three years or whatever. You probably were at a point in your life where you could have said, "That's good, I'm, I'm done. I'm that's good," I, and rode off into the sunset, whatever, and called it a career. But you didn't do that. Why didn't you do that? You. Very right about that. And funnily enough, a couple of months before the redundancy happened, I'd done a financial review and, and retirement was, was feasible. Yep. That, that's, you know, that's one of those things. But, you know, I'm just turned 60. Uh, I've still got plenty to give and I enjoy doing what I do. I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy finding out about their businesses, about their stories. I mean, we've all got a story. Yeah. And I think one of the great thing, the things of being in sales is you've got to be interested in people and interested in their stories. Yeah. And I'm still interested in those stories. So, you know, I still wanted to carry on and do that. So I just wanted to carry on being basically being a nuisance to, uh, to good people. Well, there's nothing wrong <laughs> with being a nuisance. We've been a nuisance for all these years. Why would you change now? Exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. And, but I but I really think that's an important point, what you just brought up, and I, and I don't want to rush by it too quickly, because there are a lot of great people in our industry that still have a lot of gas in the tank, so to speak, and you're certainly among them. People have been outrageously successful and we're, we're, can do lots of things, but really enjoy people, enjoy this category and so forth. And so I, I'm always thrilled. And we've talked here on Seat Yourself a lot about second chance careers. And those mm. careers don't appear sometimes until something dramatic happens like COVID. And that COVID pandemic provided our industry with a chance for a lot of people in our industry to pursue dreams and careers that they'd always dreamed about, but never quite had been pushed over the edge. Was there any other sort of uh, gig or career that you ever thought about or considered before you started this agency? No, is, is, is the truth of it. I was yeah. very, very happy with, with BNB. And frankly, I was, I was happy to kind of see my time out with them because working with the, the people I work with, and for the company has always been, uh, on, you know, on balance, a very, very positive and pleasurable experience. So I wasn't actively looking to you know, to move on, but given the circumstances, it, it did present an opportunity. And there was there were other things going on in life as well. My wife has got uh, or had her own business, 
That was a coffee shop near Crew Station. Now, uh, Crew Railway Station, for those that don't know, is a huge junction for the railways in the UK. And uh, it was a fantastically busy place, but it had to close down with the, with the lockdown. And, and Debbie sat and thought, well, you know, I'm about done. Yep. I'd like to finish. So what we've done is we've, we've sold the business on and she's effectively retired. And that's great. She's worked incredibly hard in that business. And for her, that was the right thing to do. But for me, I'm, I'm still not quite ready to, to do that. And uh, I don't want to be under her feet eight, eight hours a day trying <laughs> to work it She's an incredibly tolerant woman, but that's, that's a little bit too that, much that's to That's a little bit too much to ask. I was thinking that. <laughs> what the heck? I, I, and this is always an interesting question I, I, I like to ask people. What the heck did Debbie and your rest of your family, what, what did they think when you came home one day and said, I think I'll just keep doing what I'm doing and start this own agency company and represent some lines. And did they think you were insane or crazy or lost your mind or what? No, they were very supportive. They said, whatever you want to do is fine by us. And we've always, the great thing about families is, certainly my experience is that that mutual support, you know, everybody was very positive about it. So if you want to go, go ahead and do that crack on and do it and we'll be right behind you so it was there was never any kind of opposition that they welcomed it and um in the same way that they welcomed debbie's choice we've also got our first grandchild who appeared in september oh, as well yeah what is it all these kind of big life events quite a quite a few of them kind of happened over the last uh, last few months so it's been kind of serendipitous in, in that respect, that certain things have happened. I've always, I've always had a mindset of looking forward. I look forward all the time. I tend not to try and dwell on the past. Mm -hmm. Always in the present, looking to the future. And I, I think with that kind of mindset, it's uh, you're always looking for something to do. I'm always grateful for the uh, things that come my particular way. But right now, with all the stuff that people are dealing with in our industry, it's amazing to see how everybody has reflected back or, you know, and thought about the really important things in your life and family and the support that your family gives is really, I mean, we, we all have this love for this business and it's great. And we may have done this or done that and been this type of a person and sales manager or a president or vice president or something. But really the important things in life are the people that surround you that love and care for you and that you love and care for as well. And, and I, it's great to hear that support that you got from your family. But in terms of, um, those kinds of things. I'm always concerned about when I talk to people, it isn't so much the, the very basics, the financial instability that has been brought about by COVID and the pandemic, but there's also a loss of identity. And this industry is filled with such passionate, hardworking people, much like yourself. And uh, how have you dealt with not being Mr. V&B anymore in the, in the UK? Although you're still Mr. V&B, I guess, in the North part. Yeah, it's it's funny, uh, Dave. You you say that. I mean, hospitality, as we all know, is a very very hard life because it demands a lot of your time and a lot of your energy. You can't really get engaged in hospitality in a half-hearted fashion. 
And I've always had tremendous respect for those people that have carried on and done it. And with that comes, you know, you really get tied up in the identity of the business that you work in. Correct. And I was the same, you know, 30, 30 odd years with yep. with a, a, you know, a world brand like, like the, the Royal Bollock. I actually was surprised. I expected to be feeling a lot worse than I did. I really was very pleasantly surprised because our working lives are very much part of our identity. You know, one of the worst things, one of the first things you'll say as a, at a party or a gathering is, or well, you know, uh, what do you do? And oh, I work for the Royal Bock, or I work for Hilton Hotels, or you know, it's uh, well, what do you do? It's 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 a conversational starter. So from that point of view, it's it's a very big identifier of who you are as a person. And in some cases, it's that passion, that same passion that makes you successful and makes you so immersed in that whole persona of uh, your identity is also can cause you problems when things, again, through no fault of anybody's, happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's nobody to blame. You just, it wasn't like you you'd underperformed or anything. You can be a great performer these days in our category and still all of a sudden be made redundant or lose your job. But as somebody who's gone through it recently, Simon, what do you advise others who maybe either have gone through it and are struggling or are about to go through it or whatever? Any, any advice you have for people? Well, of course, the first thing is it's very natural to feel a, a shock. I think you go through uh, a kind of grieving process. You you would be probably angry. Why me? You know, what what have I done that's so wrong? And then what on earth am I going to do next week? I've I've still got a mortgage to pay or I've got children to, to buy food for. I've got to keep a roof over their head. You know, there are very, very real pressures in life, uh, particularly when you're younger. I would say, number one, don't get too angry about the fact that your role has disappeared because inevitably it's nothing personal. It is financial in a, in a broad corporate sense. So it's not like somebody's turned around and said, well, you're a bit useless, off you go. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah that's, you may feel that way, but it's not the, that's not the way at all. So, you know, don't, and don't feel guilty about it. The other thing is try not to panic too much and think, I need to get a job. Yes, you do need to maybe get a job, but take a little bit of time and have a little think about what you want to do because, as happened with me, it was actually an opportunity to reevaluate where I stood and what I wanted to do going forwards. And the options were, you know, do I go for a similar sales role in within the industry? Or outside of the industry, do I want to look for a job? You know, LinkedIn is, uh, which I I use a fair bit, there's there's some fantastic opportunities that get flagged up there. I thought, do I want to do that? And, um, you know, you you need, I think, just just to see what it is that you want to do. I arrived quite quickly at the conclusion that after, you know, 40 odd years working for other people, now is the time to um, grow up and, and do a bit for myself, hence the agencies. Well, you know, that phase of self-reflection, 
I think is so important, and we've talked a lot about that here. It's your advice is spot on, I think, and and I I think we've tried to help people or at least remind them. I I, I don't know how much we help, but we certainly do try to remind people of. Again, everybody in our industry that I know that is so passionate and so immersed in this business, there's a much more holistic view. Uh, I mean, they're great people, and I always tell people the the skill set you had yesterday, you still have those skill sets. Okay, yeah. the, ma- the things that made you successful in your former job will make you successful going forward. But you you need to reflect on that. And we talk about self-care and self-compassion a lot. Uh, at least we have since March. Uh, I didn't expect yeah. to be talking about those subjects. But to be honest with you, there's an awful lot of people struggling. And I, and I think your points of advice are, are, are well taken. And uh, I hope everybody hears them loud and clear. Uh, Simon, we're going to take a break right now. And when we come back, I want to turn our conversation back around to the industry, where it is in the UK. You're going back into some lockdowns and maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. But more importantly, I want to talk more about your vision for your agency and the brands that you represent. That'd be all right? That'd be fantastic. I look forward to it. Okay. More back with Simon, with the Simon Whitney, by the way, from the UK. And you're in the heart, actually, of porcelain country, of the ground zero almost, because you're right outside of Stoke. You're located right outside, outside of Stoke, much. right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Why I've still got some windows in my house left, I don't know. After working for a German company. <laughs> Good to talk to you again. And we're going to go take a break right now. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about some of this industry. What the heck is going on? And it's a crazy time right now. Back with more of Simon Whitney in a minute. This episode of Seat Yourself is sponsored in part by the Edward Don and Company. Everything but the food for nearly 100 years. And if you have not yet signed up for Tabletop Journal's bi-monthly newsletter, now would be a great time to do so. Go to tabletopjournalnewsletter.com. It's a quick and easy sign up and a great way to stay on top of all the important going ons in the world of hospitality tabletop. That's tabletopjournalnewsletter.com. Now, back to our podcast. We're back, everybody, and we're here with Simon Whitney. Lee Simon Whitney. And Simon, uh, after an illustrious career, which I didn't know about the Dudson stint, uh, or I'd at least forgotten it, spent 33 years with Villaroy and Bach, one of the leaders, obviously, in the tabletop category uh, around the globe. And we've been talking about his situation where he was made redundant and now has started his own agency representing VMB and a couple of other companies, which we'll circle back around to later on, because I want to get more into those companies in his agency. But right now, Simon, I, mean, I want to ask you about what the hell is going on in the UK. Are you just going back into lockdown, I understand? Yeah, as of yesterday, we, we, we went into lockdown and, and the hospitality event sector uh, has had a very, very tough year so far. And as of yesterday, it got even tougher. And so basically, pubs, restaurants are all closed, apart from being able to do takeaway meals. So very, very limited scope for trading there. And hotels can still open, but only really to provide essential hospitality services for people traveling on business, not on, le- not on leisure. So, um, and there aren't too many people traveling on business, that's for sure. Not here but, either in the States. No. So the, the, the sector is, is almost in a state of suspended animation except that, of course, a lot of the overheads are still going out of the accounts. 
it's so, so tough at the moment. A huge number of people, millions of people are on furlough. Thankfully, the government has extended the, the UK furlough scheme, which covers 80% of wages, I think now until the end of March next year. Oh, wow. So that has brought a huge amount of relief to certainly to, to employees and a certain number of self-employed people as well with demonstrable trading records. They can claim a certain amount of money for the government. New businesses like mine, unfortunately, can't. But, hey, you know, that is what it is. But the effects all the way through, weddings, I think we can still have weddings, but six people. Can't make any money on six people. No. 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 So where do you see the industry, the the catering, as you call it, uh, food service, the hospitality industry, where do you see that headed now? Well, there's going to be a big clear out, that's for sure, because a lot of businesses just will not have enough cash to survive. Some landlords have been been very good and, and come to, to arrangements with their businesses. Others haven't. And I think we're going to have a very, very big clear out in terms of businesses that will just cannot continue. And, you know, these will be very well-run businesses in normal times. You know, make no mistake, these aren't businesses that have been stumbling along. There will be a number of those. I think the ones that were stumbling along are already gone. Now you're talking about the ones that were well-run. Yeah, and they're going to be coming under under increased pressure now. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, if lockdown is, is lifted on the 2nd of December, if, if that happens, if, if the virus transmission rates allow it, they maybe will have a reasonable Christmas and New Year trading period, although it won't be anything like a, a traditional Christmas and New Year. There will still be restrictions, I'm sure. So maybe they can, they can make some gains there. But if and when that happens, there is still the New Year January, February are, are traditionally very quiet months for hospitality anyway. So there is a huge amount of unknown and uncertainty at the moment. Well, let's hope that in, in uh, what, are, as you just described, accurately described, that January and February are kind of slow months anyway in the hospitality. Maybe this pent-up demand with an opening in early December will carry over into the new year. That'd be great, wouldn't it? I would hope so. And, and funny enough, after the last lockdown, the government came up with a uh, eat out to help out scheme all the way through August, where they subsidize the cost of, of meals in, in restaurants. So if you, if you sign up to this scheme, you know, if a restaurant signed up to the scheme and people came and ate with them, they could claim up to a, an amount, I think it was £10, back off their bill, and the government would pay that. That was a pretty successful program, as I recall reading about. It absolutely did. I mean, leaving aside that I am sure there was a lot of pent-up demand anyway, I mean, it, it, it's all right being at home and exploring the, the kind of Scandinavian Hygge kind of concept of, mm -hmm. of, of, of being safe and, and well at home, but we're naturally sociable animals. We like to go out and we like to interact, and let's face it, there's nothing nicer than going out and being wined and dined and looked after in your favorite restaurant. You know, we all have our favorite neighborhood eateries. And, you know, that, that to me is always going to be a beacon of, of hope.
Yeah, I think that, uh, and we've talked about it a lot here on Seat Yourself and on Tabletop Journal, and even our other podcast, by the way, you'd always got to get a plug-in for our other podcast. We have another podcast called Every Other Thursday, and we bring uh, thought leaders from uh, our industry on. Even on that podcast, we always talk about people being hardwired for connection and connection with other human beings. Human beings are hardwired to connect with other human beings, and they do it best over great food and great beverage. I don't ever see that going away. It may be on pause for the moment, but uh, hopefully getting back in in, in gear very, very soon, because I do think that we were starting to come out of the, globally, up until a series of lockdowns, starting with Australia. Now you hear about Germany, France, and Spain, and all that, too. And then we have some spots here in the U.S. Chicago is locked down, uh, too, as well. Simon, I want to switch gears a little bit and go back to your agency. You just started this company. I'm sure some of the companies that you're representing are anxious to really get going and and start to gain some traction working with you. And how are you managing their expectations and what kind of advice are you giving them? And uh, how should manufacturers in general, in your opinion, be thinking? Because you're coming off the manufacturer side. How should manufacturers be thinking in general right now during this unbelievable crazy time of uh, COVID? Well, there, there are always, in, in times like this, there's always opportunities. It's just, again, sitting down and identifying appropriate opportunities for the business that you're in. And I think the ability to act on, on those opportunities as swiftly as possible, so to be as agile uh, in, in a business sense, I think is, is one of those great, great things that a lot of businesses really have, you know, uh, taken on board. And to communicate those changes that you're making. And I think the other thing as well is maintaining or even improving your service levels. If your customers, existing customers, can trust you through thick and thin, and particularly thin, and they'll be straight back with you as soon as times improve because people have long memories. Do you think those three points also bode well uh, and help not only the customer, the, the external customers, but also the internal customers, meaning your staff and your and your employees? Do you think that they also have some benefits there too? Absolutely. You know, you're looking after your key people. There's a knowledge capital within most companies, which really, really is underestimated, I think, by a lot, and it's one of those intangibles that I think is massively undervalued. And if you don't nurture that and and look after it, it's easy to squander it, and then then you're losing opportunities off the back of it. You can't quantify it. You can't put a number on it. You can't sit it on a spreadsheet under your P&L, but it's one of those intangibles that actually differentiates successful businesses from less successful businesses. Yeah, it's a it's an asset that will never show up on a P&L anywhere, never show up on the, uh, on the accounting books or, or whatever, but it's absolutely an asset. That experience is professional. And we've also talked about the experience that people can bring to a company, too. And and I know that right now there's a lot of focus on the, the furloughing or the laying off or re- making redundant 
oftentimes more like people like yourself who have lots of years or tenure and experience, whatever. There's a lot of focus on that and maybe hiring somebody less expensive uh, or whatever. But I, I really think that, that that intangible, which you just described better than I ever could, of experience, knowledge, industry knowledge, relationships. Now, the relationships are changing because people are moving around and, and, and on the operator side, too. But I, I do think that as an industry, we're, we're so blessed to have so many great, experienced, and talented people at all levels, at all levels. Yeah. And one of the things I was very pleasantly surprised by when all this was happening was once I decided I wanted to do the agency thing and go the agency route, mm-hmm. the two companies, aside from B&B that I'm working with now, approached me yep. through, through people that I knew. And I've mentioned the EcoFocus Group, which has got a fantastic range of products. But I'm also working with a a company called Complete Shield. They're a new company, but they're now launching a range of of, uh, chemicals which actually absolutely nail a lot of the operational problems that hospitality businesses have. So they do a product called Room Shield, which is an aerosol room fogger. It's a single use. You set it off. Say you've got a bedroom. You set it off. You leave it for 20 minutes. You come back in and it will have fogged that room. And it's been tested and certified to kill coronaviruses as well as a broad base of other microbes. That room can be immediately let. Whereas a conventional clean without using that, You've got to wait, I think, three days, I think, is the standard in the UK before it can be relet after a standard clean. So innovative solutions like that, I think, are, are very much in the front of people's minds. And when you have when you have a let me just interrupt you for a second, when you have a product that's so innovative like that and so new and different than anything else that's out there. Then it's a question of awareness and getting yeah. it out into the market. And that's why they're fortunate to have found somebody who's experienced and knows where all the uh, the right people are and decision makers are and how to go down and get that distribution and awareness built up in a marketplace. What's the company name again, by the way? Complete Shield? Complete Shield, yeah. www.complete-shield.com. Okay. Good. And, for example, they've, they're now working with a company in the States, in Louisville, Kentucky, called Axis Point Alliance, headed by a chap called Buddy Bockweg. And uh, Buddy is a very, very dynamic chap who is looking at, basically, distribution outside Europe for, for these products, this range of products. Room Shield is one of them. They do a vehicle version of it. We've got various sprays and so on. But the important thing is, in this situation, because I've always stood by the products that I sell. This is not snake oil. It's been tested and certified, and I know that it's going to do what it says on the tin. Well, you mentioned the automobile uh, version of it, too. Uh, I'm guessing with, I don't know if you have Uber or Lyft still in the the UK, but we're seeing more and more people use that, and and I'm sure that even more would use it uh, as they move around uh, if they were comfortable and confident of the safety factor. And there's got to be some similar type product that can do that in in an automobile. Rental car agencies. Yeah, we, we, we do a version with a slightly smaller volume, but you, you, you leave it, you can set it off in your vehicle, leave the aircon running so it goes all the way through the system, and in 10 minutes, your car is, has been sanitized completely. 
Awesome, awesome. Whether it's a taxi or whether it's a truck or whether it's a limousine, it does that job. So it's extra reassurance for the people that are using your service. So while we're locked down in the UK, what kinds of things are you doing to get ready to go out in the near term? Because this lockdown, whether it's December 2nd or sometime shortly thereafter, it's going to end. And and what are you doing now to prepare for that coming back out? Well, uh, there's still still lots of activity during lockdown. So we're we're talking to a lot of, of multiples, particularly supply in the construction sector. And, and home service, so sort of gas boilers and, and this kind of thing. So that if a service engineer comes out to fix your boiler or service your boiler, he, after he's finished the job, he sets one of these off so that the householder can then reuse that, that room in a certain knowledge that there are no coronaviruses or any other bugs. Beautiful. Been left. Uh, it's very, very simple, but a great reassurance, particularly if you're shielding or, or you're you know, you've, you've got concerns about, about particular concerns about catching COVID. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very much of the moment. But, you know, longer term, we're talk, talking to, uh, to people, multiple retailers that, that would look to buy it for, for household use as well as business to business. Yeah, this is really a time where it's a, a hunter type salesperson is really uh, going to be uh, the key. And we all have to put on our hunting caps and, and, and all that, because I, I think that you've got to go out and find maybe new channels of distribution or even uh, niche, small niches inside the ch- channel of distribution you might have already been sort of looking at broadly. So I think it's really a time to be uh, put on your most creative hunting cap and go find some customers for the products that you have. And you sounds like you have some very relevant products to, to Today, including VMB, which uh, I think has has introduced in the past couple of years, introduced some fantastic products. Absolutely, and that's that's ongoing. The great thing about VMB is they've always been a forward-looking company, and you will you will remember Wendelin uh, von Boch when he was CEO. Uh, he was always very much a forward-looking individual, and although we now have more professional managers in charge, they are carrying on that that mindset we're very fortunate i think in in having a great team of of designers and development people over in germany and looking at new ideas for the product and the way that it's approached is very very methodical nothing is brought to market until it's been thoroughly tested and proved to be able to work effectively within the hospitality environment, which we, we all know is, is far more challenging than domestic. So whatever is brought to market, and whatever innovation we've got, we know that it's going to work, that it's not something that's been just dreamed up overnight and it, you know, it's a marketing ploy. It's, it's got actual weight behind it. Simon, we've talked some about some of the great lines that you have uh, and the great product categories that you're already participating in with your new agency. Are there some categories or products that you'd like to have be representing uh, companies and, and are still kind of looking around uh, that you need to fill out your portfolio uh, or are you happy with what you have now? Currently, I'm, I'm not looking because I've got so much now to go at in a very broad sense. So with, with those three key companies that I'm working with, and I'm conscious I want to do a proper job for them. 
you know, to, to go out and kind of a magpie attitude and acquire different agencies, it would be very easy to do. But then I wouldn't be able to do an effective job for those companies I'm representing. And I think it's, it's very important that if you are going to set up and do this kind of work, you've got to be credible and you've got to be able to put some time and effort into what you're doing to produce results for yourself and for the companies you're representing. Just going and collecting more and more agencies is very easy to do, but not, not necessarily the best thing to do. Um, for either you or, or your uh, or the people you represent. I love that focused approach. I really do. And, and I'm sure the clients that you have, they're going to love hearing you say that because that means that they're going to get more attention uh, than ever from Simon Whitney. That's for sure. And, and, and that's really what you sell most. Simon, I've got a very special question I want to finish up with. But before mm-hmm. I get to that, how can people find out more about you, the lines you represent, and your agency? What's the best way for them to do that? Well, I don't have a website because I'm, I'm representing manufacturers, so they've got their own websites. Why don't, you give, why don't you give our listeners those websites again? Right. So Villaroy and Bock is www.villaroy-bock.com. And then EcoFocus Group, www.ecofocusgroup.com. And then Complete Shield is www.complete-shield.com. Dot com. A lot of hyphens. A lot of hyphens, but there's differentiating. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not afraid of an odd hyphen here and there. You know, it's, uh, it's all good. Fun. I've never been hurt by a hyphen. No, no. It's, uh, I've never had a bad experience with a hyphen yet. <laughs> I've been out with a few. When I was in college, I dated a few. No, no, that's another story. You have a phone you want to get yeah. people or an email? Yeah, I've got both because I'm, I'm right up there with modern technology. You're in that Al Gore's World Wide Web, I suppose, with an email even, huh? <laughs> yeah, so you can get me on uh, simonwhitney5 at gmail.com. Awesome. Uh, or if you want to phone me, if you're outside the UK, it's uh, 0044, and it's 7836 now, see, you're going to get all kinds of calls from people in the States and, and beyond. Right. How do I start my own agency? That's what you call, That's the call you get right there. See, there you'll be in a consultant for other people doing it. Because I have no doubt, because I know you, Simon, for a long time. I have no doubt that not only you're going to be successful, but so are the brands that you have with you. That being said, I've got a special question. Cool. And I ask this only of special guests that we have on Seat Yourself. And that is, during lockdown and pandemic, there's been an awful lot of mixology going on in the home. I want to know what the favorite cocktail, the favorite lockdown pan- slash pandemic cocktail is for Simon Whitney. What's your cocktail of choice? I'm a I'm a wine drinker, okay. so I, I, I tend not to drink cocktails. But my wife has discovered a lemon gin, Gordon's Sicilian lemon gin, and she has a, a particular weakness for a Sicilian lemon gin and tonic of an evening. Uh, and I will probably. I'd take a, a, depending on on the weather and my mood, probably a nice Albarino, glass of Albarino, not too chilled, just Mm. to kick things off. Yeah, that would would be a a good way to start an evening, I think. Just to start? Just to start. Yeah, but not too early. Not too early. (laughs) So so you're saying uh, noontime is a little too early, maybe? uh... Yeah. 
Yeah, I know this done over the yard arm kind of thing, but no, uh, I, I, I tend to drink Earl Grey tea most of the day. And then uh, if I'm having a drink, I'll, I'll segue into a glass of Albarino maybe. There's an expression that comes out of a song over here called It's Five O'Clock Someplace, right? <laughs> yeah. Simon Whitney, everybody. Thanks for joining us today, Simon. It's been a real pleasure reconnecting and having you on board. And by the way, uh, with all with all seriousness, uh, I think your words of advice to others going through a similar situation that you've been through, uh, uh, this should be heard and will be taken to heart. So thank you very much for being so candid. And we really appreciate you carving out some time for us and a very busy new entrepreneur schedule. Well, it's keeping me out of mischief, and, and thanks very much for inviting me. I've really enjoyed it, and I hope, hope the listeners have, have found something useful in it, even if it, if it convinces them not to do any sales agencies. There <laughs> you go. You, it helps you arrive at a decision. That's, that, that's great. The one thing that I always loved about Simon Whitney, and you probably inherited this from Peter Lewis, is you always have a smile on your face and, and the right attitude, and that's so important these days. Well, yeah, a smile goes a long way. Does does indeed. Simon, great having you aboard. Thanks. That concludes this week's episode of Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series. For more news, information, and insights on the hospitality tabletop industry, please be sure to check out www.tabletopjournal.com.